Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. I want to talk to you today about what makes a great man. Have you ever thought about that? What makes a great man? I like to watch those videos about the the rich and the famous and the lifestyles of the rich and the famous. And a lot of times we look at the rich and the famous, we look at the they have power, they have wealth, they have fame, they have material goods, and they have things that the world looks at them as great and as successful. And we look at that that hey, because they have wealth and power and they have all these different things, man, it makes them look great and successful. But God doesn't look at the outward appearance. And I want to encourage you today. God doesn't look at the outward appearance. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, it says these very words. And I love this. It was the Lord looking for a king at the time. And he's reminding Samuel that when you look for the king, don't look at the outward appearance as man does. And a lot of times that's how we choose a leader. That's how we choose a leader by maybe how they talk and maybe they hold their shoulders up high with confidence or whatever. But God says this in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. He said, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. He said, the Lord does not look at the things people look at, the things that people look at. And a lot of times we want the approval of man, so we want to act different, we want to dress different, we want to do things, not for the approval necessarily of God, but the approval of man. But God doesn't want you to look at the things that man looks at. He wants us to do this. At people, he said, people look at the outward appearance. Isn't that so true? We gauge a person by what they drive, how they dress, how they act, how their hair is, how their house is, and we judge a person by their appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Isn't that something? God looks inward and people look outward. God looks at the inward of your heart, the condition of your heart. How are you with God? You know, when I was growing up, you obviously know, you heard me talk many stories about my grandfather. My grandfather was my hero. I make no bones about it, make no mistakes about it. He was my hero in life. He was my male figure that showed me how to be a man. But my grandfather, he wasn't wealthy. He didn't have wealth. Matter of fact, sometimes he would live paycheck to paycheck or milk can to milk can, depending how the milk came in. If it was a good day for milk, then, man, he had a little increase in his pay. If he didn't have good milk levels or weight milk. It was a decrease in his pay. So he lived paycheck to paycheck. He wasn't someone that was educated, that went on to college and all these different things and had all these different degrees. And even he didn't even look handsome. He dressed every day. He would be in the same thing. He would have a white t-shirt on with farmer walls on. And so he had farmer walls on and it was his entire. Every time you seen him, he had overalls on and he had a white t-shirt on. That was my grandfather. He wasn't highly educated. Looking at him, you would think that he wasn't uh, really educated or had any kind of wisdom. But one of the things that really stood out to me about my grandfather was this. What made him great was he was strong. He was strong, and he knew what he was doing, and he knew where he was going. That's important in life. Know what you're doing and know where you're going. And my grandfather knew what he was doing. He was perfected at his, his craft. 
craft, being a farmer. He knew the machinery inside out, and he knew where he was going in life. He knew that if he did this, it would lead him to that. He knew where he was going, and that taught me as a young man to know where I was going, to have a goal and go for it, have something to aim for, to shoot for, and go towards that. And my grandfather taught me that. But I I looked at Hebrews chapter 11. And I love Hebrews chapter 11. We all know the chapter is called the Heroes of Faith. And Heroes of Faith about many, many people that went on because of faith. God took their zero and made them a hero. God took the ordinary and made them extraordinary. God did these things. He took the nothing and made them something. You see, listen, God doesn't look for full. He looks for empty. He don't want you to be full of yourself, full of pride. He looks for empty so that he can fill you up with his spirit and your, his power. But in Hebrews chapter 11, he found men that were emptied out before God. He took the ordinary and made them extraordinary. And he talks here in verse Hebrews 11, verses 6 through 10, he talks about two characters. And I call them characters because that's exactly who they are. First of all, he talks about Noah, and he also talks about Uh, Abraham. And here were two ordinary men that God took ordinary and made them extraordinary. And the reason why he made them extraordinary is because they loved the Lord their God with all their heart. They were willing to follow in the footsteps of the Lord. They were willing to lay down their lives for the sake of his life. They were willing to say, God, I decrease so that you may increase. They had faith to believe that God could do great things. So he says, in Hebrews chapter 11, starting with verse 6. This is our prayer. If you want to make God happy, it's not by the things that you do, but it's by the faith that you have in him. And these two men made God happy because they had faith and trust and dependency in God. So in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you want to please God, you have to walk in faith. But what is faith? Faith is trusting. God, I trust you no matter what I'm going through in life. Isn't that how we are supposed to be fathers? Isn't that how we're supposed to be dads? That we need to trust God, not just when we're going through the bad times of life, but we're going every day in life. That God, I get my orders from headquarters. I get them from you. And I trust you each and every day. He says, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So what he's saying is you got to believe that God exists and that, that you seek him while he may be found and that he rewards you in your seeking. God rewards you. He doesn't leave you empty-handed. You notice that every time when people came to Jesus, he left them full. He left them full. When the 5,000 came to Jesus, what did he do? He didn't leave them go away hungry. He left them go away full. Jesus, when you seek him, he fills you up. He fills you up and you leave your prayer closet. He doesn't leave you empty. He leaves you full of his spirit. And that's why he says he rewards you. And what does he reward you of? He rewards you of his spirit, of his power, of his presence. So he don't leave you empty-handed. He leaves you going away full. I love that about God. But look at what he says in verse 7. The first character that he brings out, by faith, Noah. 
Can you believe that? By faith, Noah, when warned about the things not yet seen, again, faith, in the holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heirs of righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Can you imagine that? So first of all, God mentions Noah. Noah, can you imagine? Just an ordinary guy basically out in the middle of the desert, and God spoke to him and used him. You see, God, again, doesn't look for full. He looks for empty. And Noah was empty that God could pour into him and use him in a mighty way. The Bible says if you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, then he will lift you up. And so I want to encourage you, when you come to God, don't come to God full. Come to God empty. Come to God humble so that he can lift you up as well as Noah. And then he goes on to say another character that he uses, a character that he, man, just blessed beyond blessed because he was willing to be obedient and surrender his will to take up Christ's will. He said, by faith, Abraham, another character, when called to go to a place he would not would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Sounds like kind of crazy situation. A lot of times people won't move until they know where they're going from point A to point B. We want to know our destination. We're not just going to hop on an airplane and just say, take me to wherever you want to go. You have to go somewhere to a point of reference so that you know where you're going to be, where you're going to have stability, where you're going to have a roof over your head. Abraham was willing to say, God, will you lead me? I will follow. He said, by faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. Can you imagine that? He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, and were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder was God. So in other words, what you see of these two great characters, Noah and Abraham, they gave up their will to take on the sake of their will. And so there's things that you can learn from those three, those two men. You can learn three principles from those three men, those two men, excuse me. You can learn principles. What makes a great man? What makes a great man? Number one, they had great faith in their God. Can you imagine that? They had great faith in their God. Everything starts with faith. After all, what do we say? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So fathers, dads, I want to encourage you. Your starting line starts out with faith, that God, I'm going to stand in faith believing. Listen to this. Their faith or hope in God was unmovable, and nothing could stand in their way. It was unmovable. They had mountain-moving faith. They had Mark eleven twenty three. If you say to this mountain and believe in your heart and had no doubt in your heart, it shall be moved. They had mountain-moving faith. Faith. Let me ask you, Dad, do you have mountain-moving faith today? Do you have mountain-moving faith? Or are you one of those fathers that have only ant-mountain faith? You only are able to move an ant hill because your faith may be weak. But let me encourage you today. God said he gives each and every one of us a measure of faith. Maybe it's time that you say, God, let my faith start to grow again. Let me dream big dreams. Let me accomplish big things for you, God. Let me get out of the ant hill stage and get into the mountain stage. That, God, I can have 
mountain-moving faith. Listen to this. What else did Noah and Abraham have? Regardless of the great trials they went through, they stood their ground with God. In other words, in 1 Peter 4, verse 12, it says, don't be surprised by the trials that you're going to face. Don't be caught off guard. They knew that they were going to go through trials. They knew that they were going to have highs and lows, but they didn't get caught off guard. They didn't get shocked. They didn't get moved off square one. They stood in there, and they stood strong for God. A sign of great men is standing his ground when under fire. Standing your ground when under fire. I love what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 36. He said, what can separate us from the love of Christ? In other words, man, when he went through persecution, when he went through hardships, he said, listen, no matter what comes my way, what can separate me from the love of Christ? Let me ask you, Dad, what is maybe separating you from the love of Christ right now? What is maybe separating you from maybe following God with all your heart? Maybe your expectations have been let down. Maybe if, maybe your paychecks are not paying the bills like you want and need. Maybe your car broke down, and maybe you're having a lot of issues going on in your life right now that is separating you from God. I want to encourage you. The Bible says if you draw near to God, then he's going to draw near to you. I want to encourage you, get back on track with God. Don't let the enemy derail you from going forward on the tracks that he has for your life. Ask yourself, what is he doing? What is a great man? A great man is one who always trusts or believes before the storm comes. Did you get that? Always trusts and believes before the storm comes. What is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understandings, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Fathers, let me encourage you. Don't go to God and trust in him when you're just going through the storms. Trust God before you go through the storms and he'll help you navigate through that storm and maybe even prevent you from the storm that you're going through if you just trust him. He will lead you out of that. A father or a man or father always charters his course with God before he makes his own move. Do you get that? A father or a man always charters his course with God before he makes his move. In other words, God if you say any of us lack wisdom, let them ask God, James 1.5. God, I'm going to ask you for wisdom before I move off square one. You see, don't invite God just into your crisis. We always put God into a crisis. God is not the God of crisis. God is the God of the cross who gives mercy, grace, and help in your time of need. So stop making God the God of your crisis, but make him the God of the cross who's there to help help you and to guide you and to protect you through life. The man or the men in the faith chapter kept their eyes or their faith in God for their success. They kept their eyes on the Lord. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is set on him. Let me tell you something. Keep your eyes focused on God. A great man or father can believe and see the results of his faith because it's because his faith is in God. You see, your results come because your faith is in God. Not my will, but God, your will. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
But what is another characteristic of God? You ever get that? What is another characteristic that makes a man great? Great men of God obey God. Great men of God obey God. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, it says this. I, I, I love what it says there. It says, does the Lord delight in brunt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? In other words, giving up something or, man, this kind of thing or laying things down. He says, no. He says, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed is better than the fat of the rams. In other words, listen, out of your obedience and your love for God, first and foremost, God, then I'm willing to sacrifice. Then I'm willing to lay it down. So, God, I want to obey you. I want to love you. And I want to follow you. So what does it say? To obey is better than sacrifice. That, God, I'm going to obey you. I'm going not only to obey you, but I'm going to follow it out. In Psalms chapter 103, I love what Psalms or David is saying there, the psalmist is saying there, and he's talking to you, fathers. He's talking to you, dads. He said, but from everlasting to everlasting. In other words, there's no period. There's no end. There's no amen. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. You see, God will never leave you nor forsake you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever for those who fear him. It's not a fear like you're afraid or you're timid, but it's a fear of respect and all and reverence of our God, that you keep him in the forefront, not behind you, that God is always ahead of you and not behind you, that God, I'm in all of you. I'm in reverence of you. I'm in respect of you. I, I, I look to you, the author, the perfecter of my faith, not a fear that's timidity because God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. So God doesn't want you to be in fear. He wants you to be in respect in all of him. He says, and his righteousness, but look at this, with his children's children. So in other words, you're all in respect and gratitude and honor of God. Guess what? It flows into you. If you ever notice a river, everything flows downstream. Fathers, you are like the top of the stream or the top of the river. Everything flows from you, and it flows into your children's children. How you set the pace, how you set the example, how you set the tone in your household is what's going to flow down into your children's children. And that's why it says train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they won't depart from it. Who's the trainer? It's you receiving the orders from headquarters, then what you receive from God, you impart it into your children's children. I always say this, what you deposit now, you're going to make withdrawals later. So what you're depositing in your kids now, you're going to make withdrawals later. I love this. If the father of the house obeys God and fears him, now watch this, and fears him, then the blessings will flow down to our children's children. Wow, how cool is that? Then the blessings will flow down to our children's children. That is so awesome. You see, God says, listen, man, I'm not only going to bless you, but I'm going to bless your chin, children. Blessings flowed down from the Lord of the, home, of the home to your offspring. Man, so God blesses you. 
you blesses others. It flows. It's a just a cycle that God just continues. As fathers, that's why you are the stronger vessel. That's why you are the leader. That's why you're the head. As God pours into you to lead and to set the tone and the pace for your family. One way to stop the blessings, to stop the blessings, fathers or men, in your home is to stop being obedient to God. You see, when you stop being obedient to God, you sever the umbilical cord between you and God. And you know what the umbilical cord is. It brings nourishment and food to the baby while in the womb of the mother. And disobedience severs the umbilical cord between you and God. It separates you. And the further you get away from God, the less you're going to hear his voice. The further you get away from God, the more you're going to hear the voice of the enemy. And wrong voices make wrong choices. And when you start listening to the wrong voice, you're going to start veering off to the right or to the left, not doing what God has called you to do. And then you're going to find yourself in a bigger mess. You see, listen, the key to blessings is entering into your life in obedience. In obedience. That's the key to blessings. The key to unlocking the fullness that God has for you. It enters into your life that God bring me the life, the abundance of life. That's why Jesus says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, I'm going to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can even fathom or imagine or even ask. That's our Father as you walk in obedience to God. Obedience is the key to the storehouse of blessings. Wow, can you imagine that? To the storehouse of blessings. Disobedience cuts off the flow of God's blessings. Plain and simple. And you can check that out in Deuteronomy 28, 29, and 30. It talks about disobedience, the curses of disobedience. It talks about the blessings of obedience. That's what happens in your life. And let me encourage you today, let's be men and women, or men of God. Let's be fathers. Let's be dads of God. Another point that I learned what makes a great man is this. Great men conquer in God. Great men conquer in God. I, I, I love that part. Great men conquer in God. You say, well, pastor, God can't use me. I'm just ordinary man. Well, listen, in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 32 through 34, I bet you as I read these names off, some of these names you probably don't even recognize. Some of these names you probably even don't realize who is that. It's because God takes the ordinary that's you, and makes you extraordinary. And God took ordinary men and he used them. And here's what he said, and what more shall I say? He says, I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Joseph, about David, Samuel, and all the prophets. Now let me ask you, do you recognize Barak? I'm not talking about Barack Obama. Do you recognize Joseph? He's talking about maybe men that you don't even recognize. That maybe he's talking about you today that maybe you're not recognized by the crowd, but you're recognized by God. And maybe you're not recognized by your workers or your co-workers or your boss, but you're recognized by God and you're recognized by your kids. After all, that's the greatest job. The greatest job is being a man of God, being a father, being a dad with pride. And he says this, 
who through faith conquered kingdoms. You see that? Conquered kingdoms. And I'm here to tell you today, fathers, man, God sees you right where you're at. He sees you right where you're at, and he's telling you, don't put your head down. Dads, hang in there. You're going to conquer. You're going to be a conqueror, and, and you're going to be an overcomer, and you're not going to be overcome. Be a conqueror. He said, conquer kingdoms, administrative justice, and gain what was promised, who shut the mouths of the lions. Hallelujah. That's you. That's why Zechariah 4.7 says, it's not by might, by power. He said, what, what are you, mighty mountain, before Zebedal? You will become level ground. Then he will bring on the capstone the shout of God bless it, God bless it. That's you today. If not by might nor by power, but it's you. When you have confidence in your God to fight the battle, you will win. So I'm here to tell you today, just like you've just heard those men today, you are great in the sight of God. You are great in the sight of God because let me just say this to you, because you are great because you are a dad. You are a father to a great family, and you make it great. So set the tone. Set the tone and realize that I'm a great man of God. I'm a conqueror through God, and I can do all things through God. Amen? Amen. Pastor Cheryl. Amen. And I will say, honey, I love you. Happy Father's Day, as I said in the beginning. But I also want to give a shout-out. Happy Father's Day to my dad. Dad, we love you. We, we keep praying for you that you regain strength and you get stronger. And we also want to give a shout-out to our sons, Rick, CJ, and Scott. Yes. God bless you. We love you, all three of you, and we're very proud of the men that you are and the fathers that you are to your kids and the great husbands that you are to your wives. And so we believe in you, we love you, and have a great Father's Day. Amen. Fathers, if you're watching today, will you please stand? And maybe you're by your wife or your kids right now, fathers. Will you stand? And I want to encourage your spouse. I want to encourage your kids. Will you do me a favor? Will you lay hands on your daddy? Will you lay hands on your husband? Let's believe today they carry a lot of weight. They carry a lot of pressure with what's going on in our economy right now, in our world. Our jobs are, are unstable and all what's happening. I just pray that right now, dads, that you will feel loved, appreciated, and accepted. So will you, moms and dads and husbands and wife, whatever, will you begin to, let's pray right now. Father, I thank you for these fathers. I thank you for these dads. Lords, as moms are laying hands on their, their husbands right now and kids laying their hands on their dad, I pray in Jesus' name that they will feel loved, that they'll feel accepted, they'll feel special today. I pray, Lord, for Michael Robin, that God, you touch this daddy who loves God with all his heart. Heal and minister to his body, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. For Woody, God, that you would just touch him, this father. Lord, just heal his body. We thank you for Jeff Jorgensen, that you will continue to heal his body as Val and Jamie and the rest are laying hands on him right now, Lord. We just pray, God, with Justine and others, Lord, that you would just touch him right now in Jesus' name. We pray that this Father's Day, even though there's a lot of turmoil going on, we can still celebrate and rejoice. And so, Father, we thank you for this Father's Day, and we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. 
Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Once again, we are live at Tesoros every Sunday, 1015. If you're still hesitant to come, we understand, but we will let you know things are good. Things are safe. We're six feet apart. We encourage you to come and just check it out. And if you want to wear your mask, wear your mask, but come and check us out. God bless you, Adventure Church and all you listeners. We love you in Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com give. Thank you for your generous donation.